0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to She Talks Cinema, a program of the Hollywood Women's Film Institute and the Hollywood Women's International Film Festival. We feature women in film, television, and the arts. I'm Gigi Goyette, your host for today's show, and our guest today is Morgan Neville. Morgan is best known for her work on Matchpoint, Smoke, Vicky Cristina Barcelona, Blue Jasmine, Whatever Works, and Midnight in Paris, just to name a few. Hello, Morgan, how are you today? Hi, Gigi. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. So I read some stuff about you and I I see you were born in California, but you moved back to the East Coast when you were younger. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, My mother was a professor at UCLA and um,
1: she met my father at Berkeley. They were uh, both in, in that area. She was in grad school in Berkeley and then he got a job with the Boston Symphony um, and they we moved to Boston and that was probably when I was about one so but my uh, childhood and my mother became a carpenter and so my childhood was spent really uh, in Cambridge Massachusetts and my father we used to go to the Boston Pops and Tanglewood in the summers so
0: that's awesome so you had a real music upbringing pretty much yes and maybe that's why you got into music supervising and post-production I'm guessing I I think it definitely um,
1: uh, the editing part of it 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 definitely satisfied a lot of the um, you know the uh, aesthetics of being in editing uh, just having had that experience I have a a deep love of composers, and I worked one summer for a composer as his assistant um, for Merchant Ivory, it was Richard Robbins. And so I've crossed over into different areas of film and that is certainly one of my favorites, working
0: with a composer. I mean, that's amazing and what a great experience that you started out so creative early in your life. You, You were into photography, gymnastics, and a BFA in bronze sculpture. I mean, how did you really, like who was your main source for saying, I'm gonna be an editor? Like who was the person that inspired you the most?
1: Well, I moved to New York. My mother was my influence for the sculpture. She was a carpenter. So I was never afraid of using uh, large materials to make things. And that's how I got into sculpture and found my love of bronze. But when I moved to New York, thinking I would become this, uh, you know, Louise Nevelson sculptress in Manhattan, I quickly realized (laughs) that that dream was not going to happen. And I had a relative in the film business when we were in the Brill Building, which is known as Tin Pan Alley, um, who asked me if I wanted to try that as an intern, and it just stuck i just i i remember early in my early years working till 1 a.m with everybody else in the same building doing the same and it was a real like it was like a fraternity or sorority of editors some of whom i still work with on
0: and off today that's cool because you probably had time to like compare notes and Go over different techniques with them and they maybe shared stuff with you and it's like a tight-knit community editors. I mean do you have your own union like is there a specific yeah union? Well, we're part of a larger union but we have a local
1: and it's local 700
0: oh, and wow.
1: and we all know each other and you know it's it is a very tight community.
0: That I think that's um, interesting because also during this quarantine thing What a great career to have, because you can do it at home. You probably set up a studio at home or something, and you can do all of your work there without having to go out, correct?
1: Correct. Just on the other side of this camera is a whole big uh, editing suite that was shipped to my, not shipped, but the, um, the production office people and one of the other assistant editors took it upon themselves to set us all up. I'm an assistant editor on the current project, same editing software and everything. But yes, during this whole, you know, pandemic, I've been able to work from home. And it's, there are some struggles, but it's, you know, it's interesting because you said working in this, in the same building we were, and it, it enabled us to kind of like glean off of each other and learn tricks of the trade and um this is my first foray into television and it's technically very different it's a lot faster and there's a showrunners as opposed to directors and you know it's just a different format and um, we kind of ha- after we started filming right after we finished filming this episode we the the everyone was sent home and I have gleaned a lot off of the television editing techniques, um not as much as I would like to, but i it's it is so true with technology being what it is today, like every year, things update, and you learn so much just by working with other people, you know, all the time. it's always changing. So like the yeah. side art part of of filmmaking and television.
0: Yeah, that's so cool that it's basically almost a total different contrast because I would think shooting film will be different from shooting TV. You have multiple cameras versus a single camera. And also, I always wonder, what's the difference between being an editor and an assistant editor? It seems like you would kind of do the same things, or does the main editor just have the final say?
1: Yes, the main editor has the final say as an assistant, especially in television, which does have multiple cameras and is very fast. And um, the writing is so important. The directing is very important. And then the editing is very fast. And um, the assistants in television, at least on this current project are very like tight ship, incredible people who are beyond technically sad, like they're really incredible people, and I work with two women and one other, uh, um, a guy who, they're the four editors and four assistants, and um, they have taught me so much about, you know, the television workflow, and they're just technically, I've never, there's one who is, one is kind of crossing over into editing, um, and she's phenomenal. They're all phenomenal. And one is just like the most technical woman I have ever met. And I have so much respect
0: for her. I'm really blown away by her her talents. What a great opportunity to work with her. And I'm sure you can ask her questions whenever you want. And she's like, almost like a mentor, which brings oh, up. She tolerates me. Oh. I'm sure you tolerate each other because with women working together, you know, unless you have two alphas, it's like it's cool. So I, I what a great opportunity for you, which brings up my next question. So do you have kind of like a mentor or do you have someone that kind of got you started in like a female, um, you know, woman uh, pioneer who, who like paved the way sort of or gave yeah. you
1: hope? I, I'm very fortunate for this. I have two. Female mentors who I just think the world of. My first real mentor was Kara Silverman, and she has passed away long since. You know, this she I think it's like ten years or so. But she worked with Dee Dee Allen, who was like the original female mentor in editing. She had a, a system for everything and a very efficient workflow, which has carried through to today, although it was film celluloid at the time. Um, But now, uh, but that system is still in place and Kara Silverman worked with Dee Dee Allen. Dee Dee Allen became a producer in California, but during her editing career in New York, Kara Silverman worked with her and then I worked with Kara Silverman on um, A Bronx Tale and Kara Silverman was a tough cookie. She could, uh, you know, put the fear of God into anybody. But she, you know, I think in that one job, she pretty much taught me
0: everything I need to know for wow, that's the- great career. Right. I mean, you've been in the industry for 24 years, so you must have started out when you were like 12. But um, you've, you've <laughs> worked with some amazing hollywood talents like martin scorsese merchant ivory woody allen and some of my personal favorites you worked on were bronx tale cowboy's way the ref and city by the sea i mean great great movies what what no matter what you did on them the fact that you're attached to those is just such a great um accolade to you and what you what you're worth to people because obviously they keep hiring you back i mean it's You don't have to have an agent look for work for you. Probably people just reach out to you and say, hey, are you available, right? Yeah, it's a a two-way street. I do a lot of reaching out. But also,
1: yes, you know, I think that the experience that you have carries with you into other projects, for sure. And people know you for, you know, whatever your strengths are. Um, And it's interesting, too, because even though there are systems each director can be so different and you know showrunner in their temperament and what they think is important and you know your visual storytelling you know with to the best of your ability with their vision you know so I feel like it's it's really like the silent part of the storytelling you know and um I feel like the uh, writing is the first part. The directing and cinematography is the second part. And then the producing and editing is the third part. And it's a lot quieter, but it combines the technical and the um, creative process, like, in a very satisfying way, if you're a task oriented person like myself, you know, like, oh, I can check that off my box. I did that at the same time you can get into the minutiae of the film and the story and like you could see something maybe that was ad-libbed that you want to include because it just works so well so you know it's a it's a perfect merger of and as an assistant you know there you can be creative too and like we um do the ADR like the voiceovers and we add we're like the, uh, you know, the editor's uh, therapist. No, we're <laughs> like the editor's, you know, sounding board, and we get, you know, we give our feedback when, when asked for. You know, you have to know when to also not put your own thoughts into things. It's a teamwork. It's a team. The whole thing, the whole process, is a team teamwork effort.
0: Yeah, I, I think. Um- that the editors are basically the people that just put the final loving touches on everything. So you have your main editor. Okay. And I, and I respect what you're saying. You know, you don't want to throw your two cents in all the time. You might see something that they did and you kind of thought, well, it should be this way, but you, you know, you have to have that little six degree of separation where you kind of go, okay. This is a main editor. I'm just, you know, helping him or her. But, you know, the fact that you've worked with women, you've worked with all these great men, and you probably have some of your own stuff. So what's next on the horizon for you? Well, before
1: I, I move on to that, I just wanted to say that I have found that in this TV episode, the artistic part for me comes in with some of the visual effects where we're doing like blue screens or... Um, I had to add a person into a shot that wasn't supposed to be that wasn't in there and um, you know, to add to the storyline and like things like that. There's a lot of artistic choices being made in on many levels. So it's very satisfying artistically, even if you're not the editor. There's other ways that that comes into play as a team. But since you mentioned it, I have, um, I did write a short. Um, It's based on a true story. It's very, um, I like, uh, the authors that I like have um, mysticism, are mysticists to a degree. And it has that sort of um, aspect to it so it will be live action and animation
0: oh great uh what a fun project i mean when are you gonna have time to do it though you seem like you're working like all hours of the days and night like long i mean do you have like set hours or do you just work since you're home work when you feel and then take a break for a while do what do you have to go back to it <coughs> excuse
1: me okay um uh that kind of thing, I feel like writing has to be a structured thing. And I was meeting with friends of mine who are also writers on the weekends. And we just kind of like make ourselves little deadlines and work that way. I met the person who's going to do the animation at NYU, where I studied computer animation. Um, So it's just along the way. And I feel like, that is also something that you have to get feedback from from other people and just, you know, moving along on your free time as best as possible. But Working from home definitely blurs the lines of nine to six.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I bet. But that probably enables you to extend stuff and, like, if you're not tired at night, you can get up and finish something that you didn't finish on the TV yeah. show you're working on and and then maybe the next day, you'll work a little bit on your writing. I didn't even know you were a writer. I would have added that into my opening. <laughs> but that's great because I think writing is a form of therapy almost. Like I've been doing a lot of writing during this whole quarantine because i would never had time in the past. I'm, you know, it's so it's just great to do that. It's, it's excellent for you.
1: That is the blessing of this um, quarantine part of things, is that you're able to reconnect with things like writing that you weren't I'm working at the moment and I find that to be time consuming but that has also when I do have free time that's where my energy is has been going um so I think that in many ways this um I don't want to get too off topic here but I think that a lot of people now, it's going to change the way that things are done all you know, mm-hmm. the social distancing to a degree. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really great thing in many ways, and this is one of them, that you can sort of refocus on your loves and your passions.
0: I had an allergy attack. I apologize. Oh, that's okay. I, you know, this yeah. happens. We're shooting from home, <laughs> you know. But... I- I'm just curious because, you know, it brings up a really good point. So um, you're, you know, talking about quarantine and the virus and and also working from home and the way that the film industry is going to change now. Like, who knows how we're going to go back to work? How are we going to shoot again? Is everybody going to have to wear masks and gloves? Are we going to have to be six feet away from each other? Are we going to shoot behind plexiglass walls? Like, you know, like. (laughs) Uh, I, I'm I'm not sure how the industry is going to start back up again and what kind of stringent guidelines they're going to take. Like, how is New York, are they even reaching the subject at all? Or Yes, they are. I, it's going to be like, who's afraid of Virginia
1: Woolf or the rope? Like, all in one room. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but I think that um, there are discussions going on, and from what I've been hearing, it's like, how do we get – the um, gaffers in and out and then like go in waves and and get things done that way. So I, I don't know, it's just conversational at this point. It's yeah. not anything that they're, the
0: nothing, everyone's in the same boat. We're all trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know, someone's mm-hmm. gonna have to set like a precedence for the industry and say, okay, no more than 10 people at any given time right. on the set. Set your lights, set your sound, get everything ready. You guys leave. And, you know, just a skeleton crew to make it happen, I guess. Or you have a, a nurse on the set who checks everybody's fever. And, you know, I don't know. I'm just thinking about it. But I've been reading a lot of different stuff. So that's why I thought I would ask you. Because New York is a little bit, I think, ahead than Hollywood is. I don't know why. But I just feel like New York has always been ahead of the times. And we have we kind of West Coast, East Coast. You guys get all the news before we do. We're sleeping. You know, it's like... Um, but I so is there anything that you haven't done in your amazing life that you kind of want to do like directing or, or acting or something?
1: Um, I definitely do not want to do acting unless I'm an actress. <laughs> but I would love to try directing. And I feel like a lot of editors, that is the dream. I, a lot of New Yorkers, uh, most people in film, you know, that studied in college for it, which I did not um, have that goal. I don't really have it in terms of um, any big production yet. I just would like to uh, try my short film and my little project and see if that, how that works. But Definitely um, when you get invited onto the set by the director, it's because they want your input that way and it would be a natural progression to go in that direction. But I have to be humble about it like everything. One of the reasons that I have been in different areas is because for my own livelihood and to support my family, I, I will try anything and I enjoy it. So it works
0: well. You know, like, I do that to survive. You know, I get get that. Um, So, uh, hopefully, you'll have your short done for our film festival next year. That would be awesome, the Hollywood Women's Film Festival. Um, International Film Festival, sorry. So, um, I just want to thank you for coming on the show today. And um, you're very inspirational. And and I really um, hope that a lot of the younger people out there that will be listening to it and stuff will take something away from this conversation and see that women really do have a voice in the industry and they can do and work on great projects like you are with people that you're working with. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today on She Talks Cinema. And to find out more about our program, please go to shetalkcinema.com or the Institute.org.